Welcome to the Fifth Quarter Podcast. My name's Rick Zamper, and a disappointing start to the CFL season for the Tiger Cats as they fall 19-6 in Winnipeg. The Fifth Quarter Podcast starts now. We are back. This is the Fifth Quarter, powered by Eastgate Ford on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Zamprin. Welcome back. Welcome back to the CFL, to Tiger Cats football, back on 900 CHML. It's been a long time, hasn't it, since we talked about the Hamilton Tiger Cats, since we talked football 620 days, in fact. So let's refresh your memory and, and mine, because <laughs> this is like riding a bike, but it's been it's been a while. We're going to take your calls. We're going to take your emails. We're going to read your tweets. We're going to read your Facebook messages. And by the way, yes, we're once again live on Facebook Live on CHML's Facebook page, so you can tune in on that platform. Send me your tweets at Rick Zamprin, at AM900CHML. The phone lines are open, and they are scorching hot already. 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cellular device. And you can shoot me an email, rick at 900chml.com. We're going to, as always, we're going to vote for our player of the game. I will anoint a fifth quarter fan of the night. That is not going to change. We're going to discuss what we just witnessed on the football field. That definitely is not going to change. This show is for you, the fans. We're here to chat about the Tiger Cats. And before we do so, I do have to give some love to Eastgate Ford. Lance and all the folks at Eastgate Ford back once again to sponsor the show. We are absolutely ecstatic that they've said, yes, let's partner once again. So thank you again to Eastgate Ford. Final score tonight, Winnipeg 19, Hamilton 6. Man, it started out great for the Tiger Cats. Opening drive, touchdown. Masoli to Ackland, what a throw, what a catch. And then it all was meh. You know, the two-point convert failed, and Winnipeg scored the next 19 points, and it was game over. Here's my assessment of the game. And again, we're on for the next hour, so we got lots of time to chew on what happened tonight, what went wrong, what you liked, and what needs to change for week number two, because there's another heavy hitter on the docket, and that's the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And oh, by the way, that game is in Regina. But when the Ticats miss that two-point convert... And it's six to nothing. The Bombers said, oh, all right, you're, you're going to try to run up the score here. Let's remind everyone what happened on November 24th of 2019. And the rest of the game was almost a carbon copy of that Grey Cup final, wasn't it? Willie Jefferson with an interception after Zach Caleros and Kenny Lawler converted on a 25-yard TD to give the Bombers a 7-6 lead. And they never looked back. Caleros and Lawler teaming up again in the second quarter. It's 14-6 at halftime. 16-6 after a conceded safety that the Ticats just couldn't get out of their end. And in the fourth quarter, a Tyler Crepina field goal. It's 19-6. Three turnovers. The O-line looked like a mess. The defense was okay, but not a lot of pressure. A lot, Not as much pressure as we'd like to see from this Ticats defense. <sighs> There's a lot to gnaw on tonight, isn't there? And we're going to open up the phone lines right now. And it is apropos. It feels just right. It feels like home again. That when we do open the phone lines, it is Dave 
who's called in to the fifth quarter show at 905-645-3221, star 9900. Dave, welcome aboard. Congratulations on being caller number one once again here in 2021. I hope you are well. Yeah. How are you? I'm, I've escaped it. everything really well. Everybody in the family was good. I hope yours too. Yeah, the last, the last time I spoke to you was uh, 620 long days, <laughs> long days ago. Crazy, and, uh, isn't it? Who who knew? Um, yeah, you know what? I think uh, this first game here, uh, first of all, I don't want people to panic. Uh, Rick, uh, you probably know how many injuries the Ticats have right now. Yeah. Like that team that you saw out there tonight is not the Hamilton Ticats. Adelke's out, Laurent's out, Addison's out, Posey's out. I can go on. This this team was playing uh, with one hand tied behind its back tonight. Kudos to Winnipeg, but they're they're playing a lot of our B squad. And uh, well, you know. let, let me jump in. It's a, it's a valid point. Uh, yeah, the, you rattled off a number of you know injuries that the Ticats had. Winnipeg also didn't have two of their big guns either. Andrew Harris, although Brady Oliveira looks like a gamer, and Darvin Adams didn't play either. So hey, injuries are a thing. But I, I do agree with your assessment that the Ticats were a little shorthanded in key places. They were, and it was it was a very unimpressive and underwhelming game for the Ticats. Um, you know, it's hard to tell with this one game, no preseason, nothing. Um, but yeah, I can't, they, they were terrible. Let's put it let's put it let's be right. You know, and I'm a you know me, I'm a Ticat fan, but you got to call me to see him some nights. And uh, I'll give the player of the game to the Aussie kicker for the Ticats. That's about as far as I can go. But this, <laughs> this this team uh, this. this this team, uh, you know, you know, they need these guys. You know, they went and got some good people, and they're just not there right now. And uh, I think the fortunes of the team will change with these uh, players coming back and the familiarity and getting on the ball. So it's not time to panic yet. So, in saying that, would you give Jeremiah Masoli the start next week? Because that's going to be one of the hot topics for the next few days. Yeah. Well, they anointed him the starter, so. Uh... Let him go again and see what happens. I mean, uh, one game uh, is to me, one game's not enough to to uh, switch. All right. You know, the first game, no preseason, hardly. Um, we'll see how he does next week. You know, I mean, that's the one option they have this year, and that a lot of teams don't. They can pull the gun trigger. I'm not. I'm not thinking it's time yet in game two to pull the trigger. Right. That's my opinion. Well I mean, said. You know, yeah, no, well said. Uh, listen, the the Ticats have the best quarterback depth in the league. There, there could be an occasion. They could run into a quarterback controversy if things get sticky week in and week out. You know, Orlando is going to be asked about this virtually every week when there is a stumble like we saw tonight. Yeah, I think he will be, and uh, he has to resist the temptation. But, you know, um, it, it let it chalk up to a bad game. The guy hasn't played in a couple of years. Um We'll see. I mean, give him. I would give him uh, one more chance and win it. You know, it's it's tough. It's tough to play because the defense didn't. Do, I mean, like it wasn't just him. That's the thing, right? You know, yeah, yeah he didn't look sharp, but uh, a lot of other guys on the field didn't look sharp either tonight. So uh, maybe uh, they'll pull together Regina. We'll see how he does. And if he, he really pulls off another stinker, then you'll probably hear the calls. But I think we got to give him an, another another chance for sure. I hear you. Dave, I appreciate the call. Enjoy the rest of the week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. That is uh, Dave number one. And I say Dave number one because, you know, if you're a regular listener to the fifth quarter, powered by Eastgate Ford here on 900 CHML, you will know that we usually have three Daves that call into the show. 
So Dave, number one, he's he's in he's uh, on the board. He says he scored a touchdown with his call. We have Dave number two locked and loaded, and uh, well, let's bring Dave number two on the program. And I'm sure Dave number three is going to be out there as well. Dave two, how are you? Hey, how are you guys doing there? I am okay. You know, game number one's in the books. There was a lot of rust out there. It looked almost like a preseason game for both teams, but it's nice to get that one under our belt and looking forward to week two. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed the game. You know, it was nice to see. Just a couple quick comments. I thought our defense actually was outstanding tonight. You know, they gave up uh, under 20 points with three turnovers and over 100 yards and penalties. I thought they played quite solid. The only part of the game I was disappointed in is I thought with the, you know, the, the young tackles we had on offense, I didn't really like the game plan. Um, the running game was so simple. I mean, let's hand the ball off to Sean Thomas there in between the tackles. Um, you know, there was no using him on passes to the outside and I, I really thought the, the key to this game for the Tiger Cats was first down on offense, on getting, you know, those four to six yards and taking Winnipeg out of their out of their pressure defense. And we just didn't seem to do that. I put a lot of this on Condell, the offensive coordinator. I, I really think he got out coached today. I, I really do. I really think he got out coached. Uh, I didn't like the offensive play calling at all. I mean. You're playing Winnipeg. You can't have Jeremiah go back into the pocket. He's an athletic quarterback. He needed to be rolling out <clears throat> on a regular basis. And I said, you know, using our, our, our running backs uh, on, a, on a much more consistent basis. And I really like the fullback, and Nicole Kalanick, and they, they never seem to throw him the football or use him, use him at all. Um, you know, it was, just, it was a very vanilla offense. I know it's early in the season. But uh, the game plan tonight, I thought, was just too vanilla for, for on offense. But hats off to the defense. I, I disagree with anybody who says they didn't play well. I thought, you know, in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, they, they, made Ed, they made Winnipeg punt the ball on a consistent basis. Um, you know, they had some successful blitzes. And, you know, where we really were hurt on defense is when um, uh, Dylan Wynn got hurt and we had to put Mason Bennett in. And he's a defensive end, very late at that position. Um, but anyway, I, I thought the defense played well, and I, I was just disappointed in the offensive play calling and the, and the offensive scheme tonight. I thought it was too far too vanilla, and uh, didn't use our, our, our you know you, when you play a team like like that, you've got to get the ball off very quickly, get positive yards on first down, and give your offense a chance. And that, that, that's my comments. All, all good points, Dave. Um, who's your player of the game tonight? Geez, I've got to be Jalen Aquin, I think. I I thought he played well. He looked like he was hurt, too, to tell you the truth. I I, I thought he played very well. Um, You know, I thought a lot of the guys on defense played well. The linebacking group, I thought, played well. Uh, um, The only only player on defense, and I I can't believe, I I hate to say this, I think the only reason he plays is because he's Canadian, is is Daly. He doesn't make a play. Like, he's in slow motion out there. He went out on a blitz and you know, a guy knocks him and he falls over. I just, I, I, I can't believe they can't have anybody better than he does. I mean, the drop off from him and and Coulier is just gigantic. Yeah, he, Tunde he, Tunde is the is the starting safety, and I mean, you take any starting safety out, and and the backup is not going to be as good. I do like Daly in terms of his special teams play. Uh, yeah, and I, he's okay maybe at that, but I mean, 
the guy's in slow motion out there. Like he he is the only reason he's playing because he's he's Canadian. I mean, like like he I, I'm not knocking the guy. You know, I mean, he is. I'm sure he works out hard and tries hard, but he's a terrible football player. Like he's 180 pounds. He doesn't make tackles. He's terribly slow. Uh, I think he's maybe intelli- he's an intelligent football player, and he can call the signals back there. But as far as skill set goes, he's just he's just absolutely terrible. He doesn't. He played last year a little. But he never makes a play. He never makes a play. I mean, he's. You guys see it. I mean, you you have to watch what you say. But he's just terrible. Like I thought that I thought on defense he was by far the worst player, and I and I sort of knew that coming in that 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 he would be. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought the defense played very well. I think you know offensive line. You know, we didn't give him a chance. Like you know, the game, the game plan. Like you just can't run the football in between the tackles on a consistent basis. You know, there's a lot of other ways to get the hand, the ball in the hands of your of your running backs. You know, we didn't swing the ball out once. I don't think like a little screen pass or a little swing pass to Sean Thomas at all. You know, just you know, same thing. Have Jeremiah drop back in the shop in the shotgun and then hand it off to him seven yards behind the line of scrimmage and hope he can break 10 tackles. I think he had one decent run. I just, I, I, I just didn't like the offensive game plan tonight. I, I thought Condell got out coached tonight and I thought that was a difference in the game, to be honest with you. He got a, he got out coached tonight by the, the Winnipeg uh, defensive coordinator. All good points. Dave, really appreciate the call. We'll talk to you in a week. Have a great night there, guys. Thank you. You too. That is uh, Dave number two. And there's a line open for you at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell phone. You can email your thoughts on tonight's Tiger Cats defeat against the defending champions, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 19-6 the final. The email address is rick at 900chml.com. We have some emails coming in that I'll get to in a matter of moments. You can also tweet at Rick Samprin at am900chml. Uh, Jalen Acklin's my player of the game as well. Here's a guy who I think is capable of taking that next step to elite status. I wasn't going to say elite status, but I think that's what I mean. Uh, He's nowhere near there quite yet. He has proven to be a reliable pass catcher. He's a good route runner. He's got some pretty good speed. And tonight he showcased a lot of that skill set. Seven catches tonight. He was targeted 11 times. That was the most of any receiver tonight. 98 receiving yards, and he had the opening touchdown of the game. That That's a tidy stat line for a receiver. Big target, good hands. Um, he has that game-breaking ability as well. So Jalen Acklin, my player of the game uh, tonight, hands down. Uh, regarding Mike Daly, and, you know, Dave made the question of, you know, you got to watch what you say. You know what? This is a tell-it-like-it-is show. This is unfiltered. This is not... You know, a, a love-in for the Tiger Cats. i got to call it the way I see it, and that's how I'm going to go about doing the show. That's how I've done the show since I started doing the show. I can't say stuff that I don't believe in. I'm going to be honest, and when I see something that I don't like or I see something that is amazing, I'm going to say so. So, you know, to me, yeah, there is a drop-off between Adele Kay and Daly. I wouldn't call Mike Daly horrible, otherwise he wouldn't be on the team. They're not going to employ horrible football players. Is there a drop-off? Yeah. Can Mike Daly make some plays? Yeah, he's better towards the line of scrimmage than in open area. He doesn't have the speed that some of the elite receivers like a Brandon Banks has in this league. Daly is a suitable replacement for Delike when you look at the other options on the roster. Are there better guys out there? Yeah, of course. 
But we can point to a lot of guys on this Ticats team that are better than other players throughout the league. So that's my opinion on that. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell it like it is. There's no sugarcoating here. You know, we're all big boys and big girls, and we can, you know, handle the pressure and handle the heat. And I just don't think there's anything to gain by, you know, putting on our rose-colored glasses. When stuff smells like poop, we got to say it smells like poop. And tonight it was a little poopy. Uh, Alan on Twitter, at Rick Samprin, writes, Welcome back, Rick. Uh, not the outcome we wanted, but this was a win all around for players, coaches, fans, and all of Canada. Great to see this game back in action. Hashtag the fifth quarter. And Alan, you're 100% right. You know, let's put things into perspective. You know, Dave, number one, opened up the show tonight saying, Hey, it's great to be back. 620 days. Uh, you know, who'd have thought after the Grey Cup in 2019 that we would have, you know, a year of non-CFL football. We'd be forced to stay in our homes, um, you know, restrictions, social, physical restrictions, shutdowns, people losing their job. I mean, our world has been turned upside down by the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think that's the first time we've uttered uh, those words. But Alan brings up a good point because you know, last year was a horrible year for the CFL. No season uh, couldn't make the bubble format work in Winnipeg. Uh, funding formulas did not, you know, compute for the federal or, or provincial governments. Talk of an XFL merger, the future of the league, uh, you know, 60 to $80 million in losses across the country for the CFL. Uh, job losses, people getting, you know, uh, furloughed or axed. It was not a good situation. Fast forward all those days and all those months to today, ah, it just feels so good to be back. And I'm not just saying for this show, I just, you know, for, for the league, for the team, for fans to have this once again is absolutely outstanding. So, Alan, yes, great uh, tweet on your part. Um, lots of highlights. Well, not not a lot of highlights in the game. Not a lot of good highlights, that's for sure, for the Tiger Cats, that is. But we do have a highlight from tonight's game that uh, really set the tone for the Cats offensively, but it kind of sputtered after that. Listen in. Masoli going deep again, and it's caught Jalen Eklund. Got behind the defender, and what a first drive for the Tiger Cats. It's a touchdown. Jalen Acklin hauls in the big throw from Jeremiah Masoli. Dream start, Tiger Cats. Hey, should say also welcome aboard to 900 CHML to new play-by-play announcer R.J. Broadhead and color analyst Luke Tasker, um, Andy Fantuz, and Louis B. on the pregame show. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a new kind of uh, feeling for the Ticats broadcast, but happy that they're back here on CHML, and hopefully uh, the broadcast will get better and better as the season goes on. You know, we're kind of in – there hasn't really been a preseason. We used to have preseason games to get ready for the regular season, and we did not have that tonight. So, uh, listen, if you have any qualms about tonight's broadcast, we will get better. We can promise you that. Hey, vote for your player of the game. You can do so by emailing me, rick at 900chml.com. Send me a tweet, at Rick Samprin, at am900chml. Use the hashtag fifth quarter. Or call in at 905-645-3221, star 9900 on your cell. I'm going to have a couple of tweets to get to. This one from Michael, who says, In the Grey Cup, Winnipeg gave the league a template for beating us. Strong rush ends, and our offense crumbled. No coincidence, Toronto signed Hughes, 
Nothing has changed this year. Hashtag fifth quarter. And Brad writes, lots of work to do. Need our vets healthy. Miss the fifth quarter. Been too long. Rick Acklin for player of the game. You can chime in on Twitter at AM900CHML or at Rick Samprin. Let's go back to the phones. Anthony has been patiently waiting on the line. Anthony, good early morning to you. How are you? Hey, how are you? How's it going? Not too bad. Yourself? Oh, I'm okay. Good. Uh, good to have you back. Um, your new broadcast looks uh, very promising, impressive. Um, just a quick uh, um, comment before I ask you a couple of questions and, and your comments on uh, on the uh, the merger that was in the works earlier uh, in the year. Um, first of all, your the caller trash and uh, daily. Um, if it should be trash and anyone, it should be Simone Lawrence. Uh, he just left off where he, where um, he just picked up where he left off in the Grey Cup. He was totally invisible in the Grey Cup, and um, he's at his old tricks again when trying to take out knees. Um, Henry Burris is gone, been gone for five years now, so I guess he's got to find other people. I, I called you that game and uh, after that game against Saskatchewan here when he took out uh, uh, Caleros and. Uh, as the, as the football gods would have it, Caleros gets traded to Toronto, and then on the last day of the uh, trade deadline, gets traded to uh, Winnipeg. That's the hockey. That's the, what was Cherry would say the hockey gods, but those are the football gods at work. And the rest and, is history. He's celebrating with a trophy months later. Uh, sorry, I said the rest is history, and Caleros is celebrating with a trophy months later. Exactly, exactly. And, and one of your callers that night said, uh, "Well, he's not known for that." Well, he, actually, he is. He is known for that, and I just don't see what everyone else sees in this guy, other than the raw, raw leader. Yeah, I get all that, but in terms of when it comes time to come up big, he's just not there. And tonight he tried to take out another guy's knees. So let's move on from that. Uh, I want to get to your uh, what you think about that um, that USFL merger. To me, as someone who's been following this beautiful league since 1967, and I'm not a Ticat fan. But when the Cats beat Saskatchewan in Ottawa that day, that's when I became a CFL fan. And to me, it's the most, the most beautiful sport, the most beautiful league. But that attempted merger, uh, I think, would have been a disaster. I think it would have been the end of this league as we know it. I think four downs would have come in. The Canadians would have been gone. Um, and this owner was all for it. Now, he wasn't the only owner that was for it. But he was all for it. And, you know, they need us. They needed us. We didn't need them. You know, um, as far as Canadians go, I think the ratio should be even higher. They've got this new tryout thing this year where if you're an American that's been around for three years, if you're a veteran of three years, you can substitute a Canadian. Like they said on TSN, I I think it's a one-and-done thing. Uh, I don't like it. Unless you're a Canadian citizen and you're up here, living up here, then you're a Canadian. So your comments on that that merger league thing, and and as far as this commissioner goes, I think he needs to go before he does any more damage. Um, Comments, I'll, I'll leave it up to you now, okay? Okay, thanks for the call, Anthony. Here, here's my comments on, I didn't think we would, we'd be po- talking about the XFL or the potential merger, although I did bring it up earlier, um, just as a fact that, you know, it was being talked about during the uh, height of, I guess we were in wave two of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, I will say this, and I, I've said it before, and if you haven't heard it, th- this is my 
uh, take on a potential, because it's I think it's still out there, a potential one-day CFL-XFL merger. I don't like it. I don't want it. Um, you can't convince me that it is going to help the Canadian Football League. Sure, there's some deep pockets in the U.S. Uh, with uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, his former wife, Danny Garcia, Red Hill Capital, the you know multi-billion dollar conglomerate. Those three entities basically would be running the XFL. But let's remind everyone that the Canadian Football League has been around for decades. The XFL came in in 2001 and barely lasted a year, and that was with billionaire Vince McMahon. It came back last year, or was it two years ago? I can't even remember. Um, and it didn't even last a whole season. It folded midway through. So, Anthony, you are 100% right in terms of the XFL needs the CFL. We already have a league. They have nothing. They have an idea. They have a premise. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm completely 100% any kind of merger because, yes, it will lead to fewer Canadians in the game. It would, I think, lead to a four-down game. And I think it would lead to the disintegration of the CFL as we know it. So I vote no on a merger. And I might have to repeat that, that statement uh, for the next few months if people haven't caught it. But that's where I stand on anything to do with the XFL. Let's go to the email, rick at 900chml.com. Rick, this email from Anthony, by the way. Rick, welcome back to you, my friend. 620 plus days and it feels good to see CFL again. Why did they go for two after the TD? I think they concentrated too much on running the ball. Too many costly penalties. Masoli didn't use his receivers enough. You know, the, the going for two after the opening drive TD interested me on a couple of fronts. Number one, was it a fact that, hey, we're, we're going to try and send a message tonight. We're here to win. We're here to dominate. This is how we're going to do it with an offense that's relentless. And that offense looked really good in that first drive. I mean, it looked like, wow, okay, these are the future Grey Cup champion Tiger Cats, right? But after they missed that two-point convert, I know there were some plays here and there, but this offense looked very ordinary, extremely ordinary. And that has me somewhat concerned. Email from Maggie, who writes in, Players of the game, Acklin and Santos Knox. Yeah, Santos Knox... I thought had a great game in the middle of that linebacking court. Had a sack tonight. Um, had some pressures. Good addition by the Ticats in the middle of that defense. Maggie writes, concerned about the O-line. Number 66, Tate let too many through, and Masoli's going to get hurt. In the last half of the fourth quarter, Winnipeg targeted his side, and he missed five blocks in a row and caused way too much pressure on Masoli. Next up, question mark, question mark. Um, number one, another vote for Jalen Acklin, number two, I wholeheartedly agree with your assessment of the offensive line, Maggie, because Tate, uh, Revenberg, Sirocco, Gibbon, Okafor, a lot of young guys on that line. They miss Chris Van Zyl on the right side, and I think if he's in the lineup, they can shake things up on that left tackle position, and if they're not thinking about doing that now, they should give their head a shake because that O-line was not good enough tonight. Didn't run the ball effectively either. Number one, great to see Sean Thomas Erlington back from that knee injury. Number two, they did not run the ball that effectively. He had nine carries for 29 yards. Masoli ran 
for his life, basically seven times for 26 yards. The O-line's got to be better. A smart man once told me, John Salavanis, Coach Sal, says your offense is only as good as your offensive line. And he's a thousand percent right. If the O-line is not good, if they can't move bodies around, if they can't protect the quarterback, your O is going to struggle. That happened tonight. 905 645 3221 star 9900 on your cell. Email your thoughts on tonight's Tiger Cats 19 6 loss in Winnipeg. That email address is rick at 900chml.com. On Twitter, at Rick Samprin, at am900chml. Be sure to use the fifth quarter. Don't forget, we're broadcasting live on CHML's Facebook page as well, so you can chime in on that platform as well. And if you haven't done so already, Download, subscribe to the Fifth Quarter Podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Back to the phones we go. Tom has been waiting patiently. Tom, good Friday morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I am fantastic. Well, I was going to say I uh, definitely missed uh, watching CFL football, but I didn't miss watching Zach Caleros and a running back beat us all game long. That's that's uh, first and foremost. Um but beyond that, I just thought, um, you know, I'm an Evans guy. I was an Evans guy. I was disappointed to hear Mazzoli was going to be our starter again. I thought we were a very successful team under Evans. I feel like the play on both sides of the ball was pretty similar early in this game. And Caleros is running for his life and making plays. And we weren't getting the same thing happening for our quarterback. I feel like our quarterback, he's got every skill set you needed for the CFL but he just lacks that it factor. He's, he's not good in tough games. And tonight was certainly a tough game. You're missing maybe your best wide receiver, and you just couldn't get anything going. We hit one on the first series early in the game there, and that was it. Like Nothing, like literally nothing happened after that. Hats off to the defense. I, I wish they could have got Caleros down on his butt a little bit more, but we're only in that football game because of because of that defense and i mean cfl game to be to lose by 13 points and be in that game the whole game long without doing anything after the initial phase of the game it's it's hats off to the defense so i mean it's just so discouraging to watch nothing after not being able to watch anything for two years so let me interject just on, on your thoughts on uh, on the game, especially on Masoli's front. So let's not forget, and, and I'm not giving him a pass because he's a pro athlete and he has to perform, but here's a guy who has not played a competitive game since tearing his ACL more than two years ago. So do you give him just a bit of a break? No, because it's the same guy. <laughs> it's the same guy. In tough games, he struggles. And... He, what, you need that big play. He just doesn't seem to find that. If everything, if we get out and uh, you know get a couple score lead, he looks like a superstar. But you get him behind, and he's not a good quarterback from behind. You know, there was a few times there where the line held up. I don't think our offensive line played that great. We obviously didn't run the ball that well. But there was a few times there the line held up, and he needed to pull the trigger. And yeah, maybe that's maybe that's having not played a football game for so long but you know have some guts throw the football hit the guy who's got one step ahead of the defender and it looks like a tough throw like let's go down swinging so do you start if you're head coach Orlando Steinauer do you go to Tommy Condell and say hey we got to make a quarterback change for week two here 
No, if I'm the head coach, I would have said I'm starting my better quarterback at week one. Good point. I'm starting the better quarterback week two. Evans is the better quarterback. I know Mazzoli looks good to everybody, but Evans is the better quarterback, and throughout the course of the year, that will come to fruition. Hey, Tom, who's your player of the game tonight? I mean, I'd like to point out somebody on defense because, like I, like I said, I think the defense kept us in, but it's hard not to, to look at Acklin and making that big catch early in the game, and he was the only one on offense making some catches. It felt like a little discouraged seeing Banks coming up holding something every time he got touched. But, um, so I think i got to give it to Acklin. All right. Appreciate the call, Tom. Thanks for calling, and we'll talk to you in a week. Thank you. Great call by Tom. Made a lot of good points. And another vote for Jalen Acklin, who's running away with tonight's Player of the Game honors. Tweet from Matthew at Rick Sampron writes, Tough loss for the Ticats tonight. The O-line struggled, and there was a lot of rust out there. My Player of the Game goes to the frontline workers and the doctors who are the reason why there was a game tonight with a full stadium. And that's a great point, Matthew. Another tweet, this one from Riley. Uh, at Rick Zamprin, at AM900CHML, a must-listen for any Ticats fan is thankfully back on the air. Appreciate the love, Riley. Dave writes, and I think this is a different day from our two callers, I think. Uh, hey, Rick, my thoughts on tonight's game. Offense was a dud right after the Ackland TD. Masoli and Banks were off all game. Can't win if you can't score. A D kept him in the game for the most part, but not much pressure on Caleros. Some key injuries did play a factor. RH on Twitter writes, Offensive line needs to be much better. The Winnipeg front seven blew up our entire offensive scheme. Hats off to the defense. You should win a CFL game only allowing 17 points. They ended up allowing 19. Final score tonight, 19-6. But still, yes, I get your point. If you can limit the opposition to 20 under, you should win. That's a testament not only to the Winnipeg D tonight, which played pretty good. wouldn't say they were amazing, but the Ticats offense certainly struggled tonight. Hey, let's go to the email. Rick at 900CHML.com. Emails flooding in tonight. Uh, this one from Angelo, who I think Angelo, I think he predicted the Bombers win tonight. I think it was 27-23, and I said, oh, I think the Cats are going to win 27-24. So Angelo was right. He says, hi, Rick. Uh, we stunk in every phase of the game. Orlando has work to do, and he better figure it out. Banks is hurting already. This reeks of a long season based on what we witnessed tonight. Player of the game, N.A. Thanks, Ange. This email from Paul, who writes, Acklin for his player of the game. I also agree with one of the last callers, Simone, plays like a dirty blank. We'll leave it at that. Thank you, Paulie. Yeah, I'll say this about Simone. He's a high-energy guy. We know that. He is a talented football player. Let's not say he is not. Because here is a guy who was uh, one of the legitimate contenders for Defensive Player of the Year a couple of years ago, the last CFL season. He is a force in that linebacking core. He can pressure the quarterback. He can make plays. He is a game-breaking linebacker that may not be a game-breaker every game, but more often than not, he brings that to the table. So... Yeah, he, he didn't have the most amazing game tonight. He had a sack. He had six defensive tackles. It was an okay game. I think for the most part, top to bottom for this team, it was a meh game, as I said at the start. The defense, I thought, was the the better phase of this football game. You know, they only allowed basically you know, 16 points, you know, take off the safety 
or 18 points, I guess sort of, no, 17 points. I'm bad at math. Uh, I thought the deep, the defense was the the best phase of the Ticats uh, performance tonight. On Twitter, Albert writes, key moments, Banks, ball toss, penalty, not deserved, and yeah, I agree with that, and the first Masoli interception. The first one was bad. I mean, yeah, the second one was bad too, but the first one was like, what? And it, it looked like it was a screen pass, but no one from the Ticats was there, and Willie Jefferson's like, all right, thanks a lot, I'll take it. Uh, Rob on Twitter, o, O-line was bad, D-line wasn't good either, what about the injuries? Banks, Acklin, win. Now, Banks, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he was he was kind of, you know, um, fiddling with things. It looked like he wasn't 100%. It's kind of hard to tell what exactly was ailing him. Um, Acklin, I didn't notice, got hurt unless I missed something. Win, um, that one could be a concern. And so much so, Winnipeg said, oh, he's not on the field. We'll just run it down Hamilton's throat. So if Dylan Wynn is out for any considerable amount of time, uh, you know, that could hurt this Ticats defense. Although, we do know that Ted Laurent did not play this week. If he's back next week, that is a great uh, interjection in this defensive line. Uh, Stephen from Penticton, B.C. is emailed once again. Welcome back, Stephen, via the email. Love to have your thoughts on this. And he writes, man, it is great to be back, Rick. That was a bit of a stinker, but it was great to see the guys back on the field. Not to cast a lot of bad vibes here, but Condell's play calling was very subpar. Like an earlier caller said, very vanilla. So any blame for the offensive offense goes to Tommy. Thought the defense was not that bad. Made Winnipeg go several two and outs. Improvement all around is needed and will happen. The sky is not falling in Steeltown. Best regards, Stephen. One more email to get to. This one from Ari. Hi, Rick. Very cognizant of the fact that this was game one with no preseason, but in virtually every interview, Coach O says he plays to win. How did we play to win tonight without a quarterback change? Please comment on this. A related comment, now with single-game betting and a coach holding back a QB change, is this still okay? I was kind of expecting a quarterback change at some point. You know, the game is 19-6 in the fourth quarter, Nothing's really going right. I thought, you know, that it would be nice to have Dane get some action because he hasn't played in a couple of years, too. So I was kind of half expecting that. But I do get uh, or at least understand why Orlando Steiner did not make a quarterback change, because if he did, you know, it's a sign of a maybe I made a mistake with my QB selection for game number one. B, it's almost a sign of panic to say, oh, my gosh, we're losing game one. Our quarterback is not playing like he can. Our offense is stinking. i got to make a switch. I don't know if he wants to send that message in game number one. And I think he almost treated it, and I think both coaches really did, as this is almost a preseason game. Yeah, it counts in the standings, but we haven't played in so long. We haven't played. There was no preseason games this year. Um, You know, they've had all this time off. So I understand why the quarterback change wasn't made. Again, I was expecting one to be made. But the single game betting issue, I will tell you for a fact, at least from what I heard from Coach Steinhauer, is he could give a damn about single game betting in the CFL. And I think that is the uh, approach to take. Uh, Coaches, players, front office personnel, officials, who cares about single game betting? They are there to perform to the best of their abilities, whether it's on the field, 
in the front office, whatever the case is. Single game betting is a thing now in Canada. We can do it legally, even though you know we could do it before with uh, you know internet gambling sites. Uh, you know, it's it's a fun added wrinkle to watching and consuming the CFL. But uh, yeah, the, you know, the, the the teams don't care about it, and, and they're not going to make roster decisions or in-game decisions to say, "Oh wow, single game betting's here. I got to make a quarterback change, or I got to sub my running back, or whatever the case is." That is a non-factor when it comes to the X's and O's and in-game decisions. And if it's not, then then we got a big problem. We got a huge problem. As promised. We had Dave 1 off the start of the show. Dave 2 followed suit. And lo and behold, Dave 3 has appeared. Welcome to the fifth quarter. Dave, how are you? Good, thanks, Rick. How are you doing? Long time uh, waiting to hear you back on the radio doing the fifth quarter. It's great to be back, and it's great to be talking to you, and it's great to be talking about the Ticats and the league. What are your thoughts on tonight's game? Well, I thought it was a great cup. 2.0, and unfortunately, you're never going to win a championship here with Tommy Condell because he's a disciple, unfortunately, of Ken Austin, who just flat out refuses to commit to any kind of run game. And when you're a one-dimensional team, it's very hard on any offensive lineman when all you're doing is on your heels, pass blocking the whole game. Winnipeg can pin their ears back and come after you. One team in the Grey Cup and one team tonight was committed to making the run work. You have to work at it. You you can't just, oh, you know, it didn't work. We're not going to do it. You have to be committed to it. I remember when June took over and we were 0-8. And I was actually surprised that June was so committed to the run. And I remember him talking about, you know, he learned under – Mouse Davis said you have to be committed to the run game and you have to remember to run. Even if you're not successful, you have to be committed to it. And what did he go? He went, I, I believe we went 6-4 and four down the stretch after he took over that 0-8 team. And the games we won, those six games, we, had a, we committed to the run. We have, a, we have somebody over 100 yards. Look at the difference in both games. You can't blame the offensive line. That's the difference. They ran the ball. They were multidimensional. They were committed to it. They played old-fashioned football with O'Shea. We had Condell. We get off to the quick start. You could run the ball. We were only down. Even when we were down, we were down by only a little bit. He wouldn't run the ball. And then Erlington ran off a a nine-and-a-half-yard run there late in the game. And then next play, he goes right back to the pass. You get sacked. Next play, you throw a pick. you got to commit to the run. You can't blame the offensive line. Like last year, you had, uh, or 19, you had Riker Matthews, and you had Van Zyl. He was the lineman of the year, and yet look how bad they looked in the Grey Cup. But you can't ask somebody to pass block for an entire 60 minutes, and the other team knows you're not going to run the ball because they know you won't commit to it. Dave, that's a great point because, as you mentioned, teams can pull their, you know, point their ears back, go after the quarterback. They know what you're going to do. Or at least they have a better than 50-50 thought that you're going to pass once again. So, yeah, diversification in the offense is a must. You got to you got to commit to it. And you know, I'm a Dean Evans guy too, but you can't put this on you can't put this on Masoli and you can't put it on the offensive line. 
you were never really down by a lot. It was a close game. You got the quick lead. And I, and I, I hate to go back to the Grey Cup, but you came out in that Grey Cup game, the first run, I forget the name of the running back we had there. So was it Sutton? And he ran off a nine-yard run. The next play, he ran off three a three-yard run. So you ran two plays. You had a first down. And then we went to the pass, and it was a tip-off Ackland. They got a pick. They get the lead. They're off to the races. That was this. It felt like deja vu all over again. And these guys had their backup running back, the rookie kid. He looked good, but they committed to the run. They were dedicated to it. They had a plan. And, you know, I have faith in our Canadian kid, Arlington. Thank goodness they didn't have Harrison as running back because they were committed to the run. He would have been even better. And and we would have got just trounced again like the Grey Cup. And, and Tommy seems like a good guy, but until he's willing to dedicate and try to establish some sort of running game in every game, you're not going to win a professional. The, the teams are too close. I, I agree with your, your assessments, I think. Yeah, being one-dimensional is bad. They committed to the run. The Cats did not. You know, holding the lead for Winnipeg, too, I think you're more apt to run as well. At least you have that patience and acceptance yeah. that, you know, we can run out the not run out the clock, but, you know, at least dominate some possession here. But, uh, yeah, they, they had the better game plan, and they executed it better tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, I don't want to get down on the players too quickly. I, I think Steinhauer, and I think Steinhauer is a, a tremendous coach. I, I lobbied for him to be back when he was at Fresno. I'm shocked he came back. I think one day the NFL will come calling. But he's got to insist with his coordinator that we've got to at least commit to trying to establish a run game, and that will give the quarterback more time. It'll help the offensive line out. It'll help with time possession, and then that defense – it was good tonight, and then you'll shine. And unfortunately, like, you know, in 2019, we were up in a lot of games, so other teams had to abandon their run games. But remember, early in the, in the year, Montreal killed us. They had a running back with over 200 yards, and they, that's what Winnipeg used that template in the Grey Cup. It wasn't even close. We were the better team in 2019, but the game plan was flawed. Got to commit to the run. As they say, any given Sunday, and again, it, you know, tonight's any given Thursday slash Friday morning. Uh, Dave, before we let go, who's your player of the game tonight? Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to give it to the whole defense, but obviously you got to give it to Ackland. And uh, you know, I hope Brandon. You know, I'm I'm sure he was frustrated too. Just he's got to keep his head in there. Let's get these coaches. You know being multi multifaceted and I, I think we'll be okay. I, I believe in Steinhauer and I, and I believe in the guys we have. And uh, I would have loved to see Dean Evans too, but I can't pin this on Masoli. So, you know, anyways, everybody keep the faith. It was nice to see the boys out there uh, on the field tonight. You got it. Tom, or Dave, thanks for the call and uh, enjoy the rest of the uh, week and the weekend. You too, Rick. Take care. Dave, number three with some, uh, I think accurate analysis in terms of the game plan or the scheme. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, too, that, you know, with the success of the opening drive and scoring, you know, not relatively easily, but it was an impressive opening drive. I I just wonder if Condell and the offense thought, all right, this is the way we're going to win this game. We're going to throw the rock. We're going to be high octane and explosive 
and that's how we're going to win tonight, and maybe that's the game plan for the entire season. We're not necessarily going to outscore you, but we're going to wow you with some of our explosive plays, and our defense is going to do their thing, and we'll go 10-4, and four and we'll win the East. If that's the game plan, okay, let, let's start to see that. You know, we need all three phases, and, you know, the offense did not pull its weight tonight. I think they would admit that uh, wholeheartedly. Seven seconds to go. Calero still hasn't snapped the ball. Four seconds. Now he gets the ball. Motion to his left. They've overloaded the receivers there, but he's under pressure. Nobody open. Steps away from Eddie Wilson. He goes deep again, and it's a touchdown for Winnipeg. Kenny Lawler was wide open. And, uh, yeah, Bombers winning tonight's CFL season opener, 19-6 to over the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Cats will next play next Saturday night, obviously not tomorrow, uh, August 14th in Regina. They'll take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in what should be a barn burner of an affair. And um, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of people at Mosaic Stadium to take in that game. Uh, you know what? The Ticats, plain and simple, just did not have their A game for 60 minutes tonight. Started out well. That was a good opening drive. Great opening drive, really. And then we're really just vanilla, especially on offense, uh, throughout the contest. Email coming in from Michael, who writes, Hi, Rick. Good to hear games back on CHML tonight. I think in general this game was sloppy in all three phases of the game, which was expected. I was very impressed with Ackland tonight, but other than that, <clears throat> pardon me, other than that, I don't think anyone else stood out. With all due respect to one of the earlier callers, I don't think Daly was the problem. I know he isn't a delicate, but he is still a fine safety. Plus, he's a stud on special teams. On offense, I think the Ticats could have spread the ball out better to guys like Marcus Tucker and Jalen Marshall. While I think Santos Knox played well, the defense was very sloppy in wrapping up Brady Oliveira. Kudos to Oliveira for having a great night in his hometown. It's going to be tough in Sask next week, but I wonder if the Ticats will seriously consider playing Dane Evans. Doubt it, as the coaching staff seems committed to Missoli. Whatever happens, I'm just glad to be talking three-down football. That email from Michael. And yeah, at the end of the day, it's great to have the CFL back. I think the honeymoon period, if the losses continue to pile up, will quickly end for Tiger Cats fans. But yes, it's great to be talking football for sure. Tweet from Cool Funk, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Lots of disappointment in that game. Plain and simple, that's an easy tweet from uh, him or her, or they or there. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Evan has called into the fifth quarter. Evan, thank you for calling into the fifth quarter so early in the morning. How are you? Doing good. Still early in the evening out here, Rick. Where are you calling from? Uh, Vancouver. Oh, well, hey, welcome aboard. Thanks for calling. Yeah, no worries. Well, long time, uh, like many time caller, long time listener. Uh, I'm really glad the games are back on CHML because I, I think you guys do uh, a really good job of covering the team. Um, the uh, question I had tonight, for the first time ever on online, because I like listening to the games when I'm busy with things out here, I like to listen to the games on the radio via the internet, is that uh, the CHML uh, uh, feed of the Ticats broadcast was not available online. Uh, there was substitute programming, and so Correct. I had to go to the ticats.ca listen 
website in order to pick up the game, and it's certainly not as easy as, as picking it up via your website. Uh, do you know what the reason is? Yes, the simple reason is this was built into our new broadcast agreement, so CHML airs the game's pregame show and the game on radio only. The Tiger Cats have the online broadcast rights, so during the games online, we are going, we are, we have to broadcast alternate programming, and it's no different than other sports entities or leagues. Major League Baseball is probably the perfect example, or the one that comes to my mind. Um, you cannot broadcast Major League Baseball online if you're a radio station. Yeah, I'm just going to say that in a year that Hamilton is hosting the Grey Cup, and I'm directing this directly to. Uh, Mr. Bob Young and the media people at the Hamilton Tiger Cats is that it's pretty unusual in Canada to have a team-based only uh, live broadcast in when it comes to the NHL or uh, you know when it comes to the CFL in particular. Almost every other team allows the host uh, broadcaster, the terrestrial broadcaster, to carry the feed. I, I just think it's kind of nonsensical to not allow people the choice of listening via the Ticats website or also listening via CHML and helping to reward your advertisers who buy ads on uh, terrestrial radio. I appreciate the comments. I wish it were that way. It was that way for, well, ever since the internet came to be (laughs) and we had the games. But uh, yes, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just... I'm really a fan of radio broadcast, particularly on the internet. So I'm kind of disappointed that the Thai Cats went that direction, but I understand that CHML's hands are tied. Evan, do you have a player of the game tonight? Uh, I really didn't have much of an opportunity to watch the game because, you know, we were three hours earlier than you, so I'm going to be watching the game on delay. I was basically just trying to monitor the game more than anything. The novelty of having a game after 620 days of no football, Canadian football here in Canada. I hear you. Hey, uh, spoiler alert, it doesn't end well for the Ticats tonight. (laughs) I figured that out. Thanks for your time, Rick. Thanks. Have a good one. That is uh, Evan out in BC, and we really appreciate the call. And we appreciate everyone listening and chiming in tonight, whether it was through Facebook or uh, the Internet or uh, Twitter, I should say, email, or calling in. And, um, you know, your feedback is important on this show because, as I said off the top, this show is for you. This show is for the fans. This is not a show where we are going to bring on a bunch of guests and you have zero input. You have all the input. Uh, you know, I, the perfect show for me would be to welcome everyone and then I don't say another word. <laughs> That'd be an easy night, I guess. But this is what it's all about. And it's great to be back once again. And uh, while it wasn't, you know, a great night in terms of what happened on the scoreboard, uh, it is a great feeling to be talking CFL football Once again, we'll be doing so after each and every game on CHML Radio, at least for the fifth quarter, on radio and online, on the Radio Player Canada app, on CHML's Facebook page, and of course we'll be taking your calls, emails, tweets, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, I do have one more email. No, I don't. I think I read it. Yes, I did. Uh, So I will say this. We are going to be back next uh, Saturday night. That's August the 14th. It's the Tiger Cats in Saskatchewan. Um, Who knows what the Rough Riders are going to do in their opening game, but I think this will be a good test for the Tiger Cats coming off what is a disappointing start to the season. Will it be a Grey Cup dream come true season for the Black and Golds? I guess we will find out in, uh, well, a few months' time, that's for sure. But as I said, great to be back 
and talking football. Our player of the game tonight, voted by you, the fans, is Tiger Cats receiver Jalen Acklin. And our fifth quarter fan of the night is all the fans. And I know I do this from time to time, but it's great to have you back. And you are all the fifth quarter fan of the night. For technical producer Ben Strawn, my name's Rick Samprin. Thanks for listening to the fifth quarter, powered by Eastgate Ford on 900 CHML. The Fifth Quarter Podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.